When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, unless maybe you're a Cowboy fan. It is time to skip the BS, time for Undisputed, time to talk Owlboys, as in Ow. That was the all-time most painful loss in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. So, two days have passed without Jerry Jones doing or saying a thing. Mike McCarthy is still the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Jim Harbaugh just had his second interview, this one with the Falcons, who, of course, have already interviewed Bill Belichick, who surely is interviewing with other teams as we speak. I will bet you that Pete Carroll is talking to, I don't know, one or more of the seven teams right now with coaching vacancies, and it's certainly possible the Eagles could soon be in the market for a new head coach. Mike Vrabel is still available. Dan Quinn, any of the hot coordinators, Bobby Slowick, Ben Johnson. The betting odds now have Belichick as the prohibitive favorite to be the next Dallas Cowboy coach, followed by Vrabel and Slowick. So naturally, Jerry was asked after Sunday evening's all-time Cowboy collapse if he was concerned the top coaching candidates, starting with Belichick, might take other jobs while Jerry is deciding whether or not to keep Mike McCarthy. So here's how Jerry responded to that question. That's no issue at all. The fact that coaches have interviewed or not interviewed. I'm not being tried, but there's what, 30-something coaches on 32 teams? So there's a 1,000 coaches out there. And that's just the ones in the league, not the 10,000 that are out of the league. So there are a lot of coaches, said Jerry Jones. It sounds like to me that Jerry is saying even Bill Belichick's are a dime a dozen. So good morning to Richard Sherman. Good morning to Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn, I'll kick it off with you. What, what does Jerry's response tell you about the state of my Dallas Cowboys? I really don't. Yeah, of course, there's a thousand coaches that's out. I don't know. I don't even know what that 10, means. Ten thousand. Ten thousand yeah. coaches out there. Okay. But you're not trying to go after ten thousand coaches. What you're trying to do is make a decision on who, if at all, you're going to replace Mike McCarthy with. And based on what's been a forty-eight hour, yeah, a little bit over forty-eight hours or yeah. something like that. Look, I'm not panicking or concerned about it, just because. They're not moving at the pace that we in the media feel like he should be moving at. Really, nobody's hired anybody. Only people's fired people. That's really, that's really it. Um, but you, I, you know those dominoes are about to start falling. Yes. And that, when that, they fall, they will fall, 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 fall. That, that is, that is yeah. correct. Once one goes, another yeah. goes, another yeah. goes, another goes. But that's not going to happen probably to the weekend and then after the weekend, after the divisional games, before you start to see dominoes really fall because this is the first time after this weekend that they can interview people in person. Now, look, let's not act as though there's not airplane hangers and 
you know, little ways of talking and communicating yeah. and doing certain things. You're to talking get about meeting secretly with candidates and air, absolute, airplane Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. There, there is ways of communicating and going around the rules if you already. A guy like Bill Belichick, there, he's been in the league long enough. He's had many conversations with Jerry Jones over the years about many different things. True. I am 199.9% sure of that. Mm. And, and so they have some sort of rapport at some point, whether it's at the combine, whether it's via trades, talks about players, or whatever the case may be. Do you whether- think they've had a phone conversation in the last 48 hours? Just a touch base, take your temperature sort of phone conversation. Um, build a build a Jerry or Jerry to somebody in Bill's circle. Okay, either way, that's I would that's say fair. I would say Jerry to somebody in Bill's circle. Okay, Mike McCarthy circle, Harbaugh circle, uh, Pete Carroll circle. He, he's had a conversation somewhere along the lines. Even if they bumped into each other walking through the stadium somewhere, it happens. That's part of it. So I wouldn't start worrying about whether Belichick is all of a sudden going to decide to go somewhere else or a coach is going to decide to go somewhere else because it takes two to tangle. Let's, let's not just think because Jerry may need a new head coach that Bill wants to do that or John wants or Jim wants to do that or, or Pete wants to. They may not want a coach for the Cowboys. They may say, you know what, nah, we want to do this. It's just better for Highly my coach. health. Yep. It's just better for us. So yep. I wouldn't worry about it at all. It, it, Jerry's just Jerry talking. He's not going to give you anything right now in this situation. He already put the pressure on Mike McCarthy prior to the playoffs by saying game for game. He's going to take game by game to make a decision. That was already enough pressure. So now all of a sudden, if I'm out publicly flirting with you, Skip, guess what? Mm. Richard, my my head coach is going to feel a certain way. Mm. So you can't do it. Mm. And he has to get permission for some coaches, that's not available yep. to be able to even talk to him. Okay, go, Richard. I think this has been the problem with the Cowboys for a long time. Agreed. Arrogance. Ignorant arrogance. It's, hey, we have all the answers. We're the top of the food chain. We do things our own way, and it works for us. It doesn't. You haven't won anything in three decades. So I think this ignorant arrogance that, that Jerry Jones moves with uh, is unbecoming, and, and, and it, frankly, doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for this team. It doesn't work for this organization. He was the same way at the trade, trade deadline. He's the same way every time. Oh, my phone doesn't ring, and then we don't, we don't check out anybody. We don't call anybody. Well, you get put out in the first round or the second round every single season. Everybody else moves with a sense of urgency, a sense of, of, of understanding, hey, I don't have all the answers. I'm going to try to get smarter. I'm going to do my research. I'm going to see what's out there, going to make phone calls. In terms of this, I think all this says is Mike McCarthy is probably going to stay with the Dallas Cowboys. I think this is Jerry Jones saying, I took my time. I'm not making a rash decision. I've molded over. There's only been one other coach to win more games than my current coach in the last three years, and that's Andy Reid, who has two Super Bowls um, in the last couple years. And so do I really want to fire this guy and reset when I just told my team I don't have I don't feel like I have much longer on this earth left. So do I want to watch another coaching staff adjust to my players and adjust the system 
and, and tinker and tweak to the point where they can get my offense to be maybe number one in the league. <clears throat> if they t- can tinker with my defense, maybe get me a top five defense. You have all those things. So pushing the reset button only extends the timeline that it will take your team to get to another Super Bowl or potentially get deep into a playoff run because rarely does a coach come in and immediately take his team to a Super Bowl and win it. I'm sure it's happened in the history of the game, but it's rare. So Jerry saying this, I mean, it doesn't mean a ton. I I don't think McCarthy was on top of a lot of people's list when Jerry hired him. I I thought that was kind of not out of left field, but definitely not anything anyone predicted to happen. Um, And at the same time, I, I, I think Jerry is going to have to make a decision to either say, hey, we're sticking with McCarthy and we're going forward. Or you, you, if you don't get rid of him soon, people are not only filling their staffs, but these guys might already have handshake deals in hand. Sure. <clears throat> All right. Keyshawn, you want to add something? No, Richard. Okay. Richard, no, I was just saying, oh. Richard said that he's sure a quick fix has happened in the past. Well, the guy on the show with you had a quick fix. We got rid of uh, Tony Dungy in the next year. We bring in Gruden that same year. We win the Super Bowl. So because there was a talented team, and the Dallas Cowboys are a talented football team, I'm not going to sit up and act like Jerry and Will Clay and Stephen Jr. and Jerry Jr. Mm -hmm. hadn't done a tremendous job of assembling talent. The problem is the coach. And what I would say to that, though, Skip, is I don't believe that Jerry is approaching this with ignorance. He's approaching it with intelligence. And he's approaching approaching it with just relax. They just stop playing. You cannot all of a sudden have a knee-jerk reaction. Dan Quinn is interviewing at different places. Maybe he decides that Dan Quinn's the guy. Mm. Maybe him and Dan Quinn. Dan says, hey, let me, Skip, go and see if I want to take this other job. And maybe he comes back and says, you know what? I'll rather take the Cowboy job. And Jerry may say, hey, Mike, you bye-bye. I'm going to make Janet here because you got to let it play out. There is no rush. The season does not officially kick off again till next September as far as off-season stuff goes, yeah. that's after the Super Bowl. Okay. It's now my turn. <sighs> and once again, I'm going to need a seatbelt over here to keep me in my chair. So forgive me up front for this. Jerry Jones, as always, is approaching this with supreme egomania unearned. I'm going to remind everybody, first of all, that this is why you could watch me in my video on Sunday night throw all of my cowboy gear into my trash can because I was done with them. I'm done with Jerry Jones, but you understand I'm a prisoner of Jerry Jones because I can't vote him out of office. He's not going to fire himself as the GM and the owner and the operator of the football team, obviously. So he owns me. He owns my bragging rights, which are year after year <laughs> gagging rights. And I, 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 I have only one choice here, and that's to find a new team, which is hard for me because since I was 10 years old, I I lived and died for this team in ways that even Jerry has never lived and died for this team. Okay, so I'm going to remind everybody, let's put this in historical context. The night he fired Jimmy Johnson, what, what came out of his mouth? He got so mad at Jimmy for not raising a glass and and honoring a toast that Jerry proposed to all the Cowboy coaches sitting at a table, that he went straight back to the headquarters hotel at the league meetings 
and he saw two Dallas Morning News reporters sitting at the bar and he went right over to them and he announced to them, I'm going to fire Jimmy Johnson and I'm going to hire Barry Switzer to be the next coach of the Cowboys. And they were like, Barry Switzer? And the infamous line from Jerry Jones was, there are 500 coaches out there who could have coached this team to the Super Bowl, meaning Super Bowl championship, because they had just won back-to-back Super Bowls. 500 coaches. And to me, at that moment, the 500th on the list would have been my man, my friend, Barry Switzer, because he'd never coached in the NFL, and he'd been out of college coaching for, uh, I think, two years at that point. So it, you talk about out of sight, out of mind, talking about Mike McCarthy came out of left field. Barry Switzer really came out of left field. And then Jerry was able to prove to the world, I, I, my team is so incredibly talented. By the way, they had to go get Dion to put them over the pump, right? But they did go sign Dion. They gave him a lot of money, which he deserved because he tilted the playing field back in their favor versus the San Francisco 49ers. But the point was, Jerry pulled it off because he said, well, I, I can even put Barry Switzer in there. And I think Barry's a great football coach on both levels, but a lot of people had little to no respect for him. And what happened? They go win the Super Bowl. And Jerry said, see, I told you so. Anybody could have coached this team. As Jerry has often said, I could coach the SH out of this team. So Jerry thinks he's actually the head coach of this team effectively. What did the great Al Davis teach Jerry as soon as he bought the Cowboys in 1989-1990? He said, you need to learn to coach the coach. So Jerry thinks the coach is pretty irrelevant. I completely vehemently disagree because Jerry lucked into one of the greatest coaches ever just because he was his teammate and his roommate at Arkansas, Jimmy Johnson. And I don't think they would have won those two Super Bowls without Jimmy. I don't think they would have built a dynasty in the 90s without Jimmy Johnson. That's just me. Jerry did. He he contributed. I give him that. He's not football stupid. He's done a great job of drafting for this team over the years. But he thinks the driving force of the franchise, the guy who coaches the coach and actually coaches the players by getting to know them, by motivating them in his own little ways, he thinks that he is the Dallas Cowboys. So he's saying, me, what, me worry about this? I don't care. Let Belichick go to the Falcons. Let Jim Harbaugh go to the Chargers. Let Vrabel go somewhere. Let them all go somewhere because if I decide I need a new coach, I'll just go find any somebody out there because any of 10,000, now he's thrown out 10,000 coaches, could coach the Dallas Cowboys to a championship. Unfortunately, it is now going on 29 years in which they haven't even been to the NFC championship game, let alone get back to the Super Bowl. So it's on you, Jerry, and you're not going to fire yourself, even though you're, you're admitting publicly that you are the, the kingpin of the Dallas Cowboys. You, you are the reason for their being. You create them, you coach them, you own them, you operate them. Well, Jerry, you've been a, a miserable failure. And I just watched your team not just get put out in the first round, Your team had never allowed more than 38 points in any playoff game in your history. You just gave up 48 midway through the fourth quarter of a game at home against the youngest team in the National Football League, a seven seed that had never won a playoff game ever. What? And now I have to sit here. Now I have 10,000 more reasons not to love the Dallas Cowboys. Thank you very much for letting me vent, Keyshawn. No, you, 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 you make... A few valid points there, I must say, but but 
You are speaking with high emotions, though, Skip, opposed to really looking at it. You just lost on Sunday. Today is only Wednesday. Okay, if you tell me a month from now that this is still going on, that's a different conversation. Yeah, if it's a month from now, it'll just be Mike McCarthy, like it, Richard just it's said. A, it's, it's starting to smell like it's Mike it's McCarthy. It's a different right? conversation. Bill Belichick hadn't gotten hired. It, it, I, I don't know that Vrabel yeah. was an answer. Vrabel's not an answer. Yeah. And, and as far as Jim Harbaugh goes, let's 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 just let's take a step back for a minute. I want you and Richard both to take a step back for a minute. Mike McCarthy did win a damn Super Bowl in this league. Okay, he did. I don't care if it was 30 years ago. It was 14, but go he ahead. He still won a Super Bowl. Jim Harbaugh didn't win a Super Bowl in this league. No. Not as came, a player came, or as a coach. Came close. He, came very okay, close. I, I Last play point, close. You know how many, you know how yeah. many coaches I can point to that came close? Well, not like Mike that. Mike Tomlin came close to winning two. He only got one, though. Okay? Yeah. And so close that meant all I'm saying is when you start screaming Jim Harbaugh, 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 don't be a prisoner of the national championship moment, okay? Because I don't know how much of a separation that there is between Mike McCarthy and Jim Harbaugh, to be honest with you. Do you think I, Jim's a better coach than Mike? I don't know that. I do. I don't know that. I'll I don't know it. that because he just because he gone to the Super Bowl and he didn't win the Super Bowl doesn't mean that he is a better coach than Mike, because Mike hasn't been able to advance the Cowboys. Now, as far as Belichick goes, Belichick to me is, is superior with the right situation. The Cowboys could be the right situation for him as long as he can get along with Jerry Jones. Now, does Jerry Jones want that? Now, remember, Jerry Jones is close to Mr. Kraft. They talk a lot. They're on committees together. They're, you know, those, those are boys. So are. what is Mr. Kraft telling Jerry about Bill? So all of these sort of things have got to come into play before we could all just start sitting here saying, well, Jerry's screwing things up. Jerry's yeah. screwing things up. I don't want to go down that road. Uh, yeah, I, I hear you. Um, there's a reason why people move extremely quickly in these situations. That's why there's always the Black Monday after a team loses. It's that Monday that they make decisions because there are so many moving parts. First off, you, you, you're, doing your, you're, you're doing your current staff a bit of a favor by giving them a chance to, to get out in the open market and try to find jobs Ooh. on other staffs. So that's, that's a testament to say, hey, all right, you guys worked hard, your butts off for me. I'm going to let you go, go early so that you can get on your phones and start making phone calls to potentially get yourselves other jobs. Yeah. By holding them hostage and playing this game, you're limiting their chances. People are filling staffs. People are calling their buddies, hey, you're going to be my OC. You're going to be my DC. You're going to coach the receivers. You're going to coach the running backs. So Jerry's playing a dangerous game here, and, and that's why they don't do it. It's kind, of a, it's kind of an understood standard that you let them go as early as possible to give them that chance and to give your team a chance to go recruiting and to get the search started. So the longer you wait, the more chances you have of losing the coaches that you want or running into situations where these guys don't want to coach for your team and you thought maybe these guys would be interested. I'd be interested. And I hear you about the Gruden situation, but Tony Junji had built an incredible team. Y'all had five Hall of Famers on that team. Anybody could have coached them to a Super Bowl, and they, you, you guys won one. That, that, was, that was an incredible team, one of the greatest teams of all time. No question about it, but that's a rare situation where this team isn't built like that. There's not five Hall of Famers, five, you know what I mean, surefire Hall of Famers on this Dallas Cowboys team. They're a really good team, 
but they're not world beaters right now. They need some 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 great coach to get them over the hump. And McCarthy is getting a lot out of them. So we're not sitting here saying, hey, McCarthy is not letting them reach their potential. He's coaching his butt off to, uh, at least in the regular season, he coached a, a pretty good job. Obviously, when you got expectations that are outside of this world like Skip does and think hey, every team should win a Super Bowl when they put a Dallas Cowboys helmet on, then every season is going to be a disappointment when you don't do it. Mm. And so so you, you, that's what I think Jerry's considering because this team isn't a bad team. And, yes, they underperformed this year. But do you throw it all the way and potentially go back to square one when Jerry's 112? You know, do you do you really want to wait and see what the next coach does and figure out, well, let me watch this coach and see if he has the answers? Because this might be, you know, uh, according to Jerry, you don't got too many more coaches to go through. Mm. Yeah, but but Richard, what's the harm of waiting a few more days? Nobody's gotten hired. Everybody's gotten fired. And as far as staffs being built, these coaches communicate all the time about the what ifs. What if I get this job? I think I want to bring you in. Those conversations happen from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. They're, put, they're looking at rosters doing the season as potential job openings. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've walked past coaches' offices while they're sitting there. Instead of studying the damn game plan, they're studying the roster of a, a potential job that they may get while, instead of game planning what they're supposed to be doing. So, I don't worry about that part of it. You know how that goes, man. They, they are dialed in to try to figure out who can I add to the staff. Now, as far as Jerry goes and his assistants, that's on his staff. Maybe the new coach would like to retain a couple of them. Maybe he has a relationship with a couple of them. He's a billionaire for a reason. He is not stupid. Yeah. By no stretch of imagination, hey, but you're missing man. the point, Keisha. How, how am I he, missing the point? He, he doesn't value any of those coaches. He doesn't care. He, 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 he just does. It, it's like Mike McCarthy, Bill Belichick. They're all a dime a dozen to Jerry. No, Jones. he's Trust just me. telling. He's just telling us that. No, and if you no. if you really truly believe that, Skip. Yeah, that's no. That's you what can't. He you can't possibly. No, no. He There's no does. way. Okay, so think about the context of all this. So the first 30 Super Bowls that were played in the National Football League, 16 times of 30, my team was in the NFC Championship game. So now we're going on 30 years of no even NFC Championship game, even though Mike McCarthy just coached three straight 12-5 and five seasons, and for the first time ever, a team that went 12-5 and five three straight years didn't even make it or didn't even get close to an NFC Championship game. So what does that tell you? Well, now we're back to the famous Winston Churchill quote. I don't know if anybody out there remembers Winston Churchill, but I do because he's one of the great leaders in the history of the world. And he says, anybody who doesn't learn from history is doomed to repeat it. Well, Jerry just keeps doing it. It's like Richard's definition of insanity. We just keep doing the same thing over and over. Let's run it back with Mike McCarthy because we just had a bad day against Green what, Bay. What do you want a him to bad do? Day? What do you really? want him to do? Tell, tell go, me. Go get a real head coach. Who? Well, Who do you uh, want to get? I, 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 I think Jim Harbaugh is really what, good. What, what if, what if I would they, take Pete Carroll in a heartbeat? What if they don't think that's an upgrade? And what if I don't Jim care what they think. You ask Jim me what I think. Wanna, what if Jim doesn't want to interview with the Cowboys? Right. Well, I'm just saying you got to go get somebody who's for, for real. Who, uh, though? Okay, well, I just you, gave you two big but names. I'm, you said you gave me good names. Mm -hmm. What if Pete doesn't want to do that? 
Okay. And what if they don't well, think? How, he how has do we it know? I don't know until you ask. Exactly. Them. Yeah. You don't know what Jerry and Stephen have done already. We have no idea. And, and the problem is, Jerry has made this job almost untakeable for anybody with any credentials because they're all going to say what your man Bill Parcell should have said before he took the job. It's impossible with Jerry because he's impossible to live with yeah. because he's going to run it. Look, look, I, I agree with you, Skip. I, I think the problem with Jerry Jones and what makes him different and what made makes people not want to take this job is usually Jim Harbaugh, what makes him a good coach, he lets the offensive coordinator be an offensive coordinator. He lets the defensive coordinator be a defensive coordinator. He lets his tax accountant do his taxes. He lets his mechanic work on his car. When you yeah. get into Jerry's world, Jerry wants to be the mechanic, he the tax accountant, the Absolutely. offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, tell everybody what to do. And then he wants, and you can't do that with a great team. You're hiring great people to do a job. Don't micromanage and don't sit here and do a radio show, two radio shows <laughs> every week criticizing the performance that they have. Because then you Bingo. run into other problems where you feel like you're getting undermined by your owner. So there are guys that's not going to take this job because they don't want to deal with that. I so agree. There's an old saying about keeping your friends close and your enemies closer. Romeo Dobbs is my enemy. He destroyed my Cowboys with six catches for 151 yards Sunday at Jerry World. I hate what he did to my team, but I can't hate Romeo. Keyshawn knows and loves this kid from L.A. in part because the agency Keyshawn is part of represents Romeo. So now I have to be man enough to welcome him, Romeo Dobbs, live from Green Bay. Good morning to you, sir. And I, I'm just giving you my heartfelt congratulations on what you did to my team. Man, I'm just here to play ball. Just <laughs> keeping it short and sweet. Yeah. You know, Dallas had a really solid, a uh, pretty solid football team, but you know, just had to come up on top of the win again, just moving on forward. So Romeo, allow me to ask you, were you at all surprised that you look up at the scoreboard and you're up 27 to nothing before halftime? Uh, nah, man, you know, um, just playing it one play at a time, just making sure I do my part as a player offensively. And just believing in our defense, understanding that, you know, we got some dogs on our side of the ball. Do you? And Oof. just, they're going to get it done. So. so, Romeo, in your first playoff game, you get, like Skip said, six catches, a buck 51, and a touchdown. Were you, when did you settle in in that particular game and felt comfortable to know, oh, okay, I'm about to eat these dudes up today? I uh, man, just based on the play call, just what we was getting from them defensively, understanding what they was going to do up front, um, you know, just making sure I executed the route the way I was supposed to. And, you know, most importantly, just playing the position, just understanding the timing and spacing, um, angles, and again, man, just playing offensive football. Mm. Were, were you surprised at all that there was very little double teaming you given the fact that you basically manhandled the secondary all by yourself? <laughs> hey, man, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that, you know, just as a core, as a receiving core, we had ops, and we 
took advantage of those opportunities that we got. So did you? So Romeo, take me through this early play in the game. We actually threw Aaron Jones for one loss in the game. It was minus three. This is in that first series after you won the toss and you took the football. So now it's second and 13, and I'm thinking, as a Cowboy fan, okay, here we go. We'll we'll push you back into third and long, and we got you. And on second and 13, you know what happened. Jordan Love dropped back and just threw a rocket to you for 22 yards. That was pretty much the end of the game for the Dallas Cowboys. What, what kind of route was that? What kind of coverage did you see? Walk us through it. Um, I mean, you know, third and long in this league, a lot of times it's some sort of some sort of open coverage. You know, it can be most mostly open, but a lot of times um, just talking through the route, you know, just buying a little space because, you know, I was a little too open. So I knew just kind of get in that area. A lot of times if you rush it, somebody just happens to pop out in front of you. So it was a pretty solid route, but great job by Jordan just sitting in the pocket playing his boys game like he's always been doing. And, you know, you put the ball in the spot where I can only get it. You're talking about Jordan. You're talking about Jordan Love there, Romeo. How, how I don't want to say surprising, but how different from the beginning of the season to – the second half of the season and into this Dallas Cowboy game, Jordan Love looked like what what changed for Jordan in that time span? To be truthful, man, um, you know, Jordan has been the same guy since I've gotten the building. You know, just his growth from a year ago up until now. It's been amazing, but like I always say, he know better than I do. Um, we just moving on forward, just getting ready for the next opponent. So we can get ready and just play ball there. So speaking of growth, Romeo, so you went to Jefferson High here in L.A. Keyshawn, is it fair to say it's kind of in the shadow of USC? It's not that far, yeah, right? It's three miles. Okay, so fairly close. Yeah. But but obviously, Romeo, you weren't recruited by USC. You went to Nevada. You, you, so you weren't a top recruit. Do, do you feel like you you sort of grew up at Nevada like you were a little bit of a late bloomer coming out of Jefferson High. Uh, yeah, I mean, just throughout my stages of just my football journey, it's been the same as far as being that being that underdog. Uh, you know, it happened in high school. Wasn't really surprised. You know, it was just in a matter of time that you know I just got my opportunity wherever it was, and. Shout out to the man above. He just yeah. put me in position just to make the push and hit the right buttons. Romeo, you're traveling this weekend to go play the San Francisco 49ers. And on the other side of the ball is a real close friend and an east side baby, as I like to call him, in Diamador Lenore, someone that you'll be going up against. What do you feel that matchup will be like? Here are two kids that grew up together from the same neighborhood going up against each other in a very pivotal playoff game. Um, it'll be, you know, it'll be amazing, man, you know, just for the people back at the crib, just to kind of just see it, witness it, and kind of let it be nostalgic, you know, that at some point, just kind of coming up and growing up, you know, we played on the same Pop Warner team mm. and just kind of represent the same area. So it'll be exciting, man. Mm. Are you going to take it? Are you going to take it easy on him? Or are you going to, you going to, you know, try to dominate? Well, I clearly going to try to dominate uh, him. Or are you going to talk noise to him? Or are you just going to be yourself quiet? I, I need to know. Nah, man. 
I got to be myself first. Can't get out of character. Yes. We know we all know that. Yes. Which of you two was better on the Pop Warner team? Uh, he had a little more experience than I did, but, you know, we parted ways as far as just our football journey. And obviously we both at the biggest stage, but can't wait for Sunday to see what happens. Yeah. Do you guys stay in touch? Have you communicated this week at all? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I have not. Um, I'm not on the media a lot of times. So, again, man, I know I see him, but we both know it's a business day. So, we're just going to see what So, Romeo, I, for a while I heard that Christian Watson was going to be the man of the receivers in Green Bay, taken in the second round. Then I heard all about Jaden Reed was going to be the man in Green Bay among the receivers, another second-round pick. Now I'm starting to hear that this kid named Romeo is going to be the man in the receiving core taken in the fourth round. Who is the man in your receiver's room right now? So I've said this before. Now, if you look out just throughout the year, as far as who was able to show up, um, there was times I've showed up. There was times where Jaden showed up. Yep. Wick showed up going into week 17. He did. So there is no guy in our room. We can mm. all play ball. Mm. Romeo, how, so when you came out of Nevada, you worked out with a Hall of Fame receiver coach in Terry Rabisky. Rabisky went around for 40-plus years coaching the Tim Browns, the Jerry Rices. You, I could go on, the Julio Jones, on and on and on. How did Terry Rabisky help prepare you for this moment that you had against Dallas? Oh, yeah. I mean, Terry, I, I salute to him all the time, you know, because he obviously introduced me just kind of what I was going to see going into this league, uh, just putting me on game on what should I expect, just, you know, formations, timing, spacing, just being QB friendly with the quarterback. I, I salute him a lot for it. So just kind of, you know, as far as the moment, um, you know, I just took it all in, just relied on all the training that I've put in up until this point. And again, shout out to mm. how, how is your locker room different than it was a year ago? Uh, it's, it's different, man. You know, um, obviously a year ago, it's a little roller coaster, and that's just part of the game. That's usually what happens. But, you know, just going into this year, it was a fresh start. And um, there was a lot of questioning as far as our team and what we can do. And obviously, just kind of shutting out the noise outside and just playing our game like we've always been doing. So, mm. so Romeo, sum it up for us. Could you see a day that Jordan Love becomes better than Aaron Rodgers? That's, you know, I, I, I don't speak. I don't. That's That's not my journey to speak on. You know, but as far as Jordan's consistency and his growth, like I always say, he know better than I do. And he just look for us just to stack in the days and just keep just keeping on progressing. Man. All right. We appreciate your time. Keyshawn loves you and appreciate Thank you. you. Good luck to yeah. you at San Francisco. And uh, take it easy I'm, on him, man. Yeah. Take it easy on yeah. him. Boy, I hope they do to yeah, San Francisco you, what man. they did to Dallas. All Thank right. you, Romeo. We appreciate you very much. Okay, up next. Yes, sir. Jim Harbaugh interviews with the Falcons. 
while he continues to negotiate with Michigan. So where will Jim coach next year? That's a good question, and that's next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Now it's your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from Al Mata. Mike McCarthy after Jerry's comments. Yeah, he's dancing. It's starting to smell like Mike's going to keep his job, even though they trailed 48 to 16 in the middle of the fourth <laughs> quarter of their first playoff game. All right, this is from Munster Inc., our second tweet. Skip, wait, skip waiting for word out of Dallas. That, that is true. That's Mr. Bean. He's one of your favorites, right? Oh, yeah, right? Mr. Bean. He's nice funny. to watch him. Yeah, he's waiting, and he's waiting, and he's lying down in the field, and he's waiting some more for no word. And finally, from Student of Life, <laughs> we got Dak with the crying Jordan face. That's sort of the state of my team right now. That sort of sums it up. No, I can't. I, I, I still, to this day, I can't believe y'all lost them. Seriously. I just, I, seriously, I feel I the same way. Seriously. No, it's like surreal. And you didn't just I wake up in the morning. I wake <laughs> up and I say, did that really happen? And it's not that you lost. No, it's how. You got your, you know no, what, I mean, Hey, Keyshawn, <laughs> it, it reminded me of games I covered in 1989 when they were effectively a, an expansion team. They were just horrible. You know, they, they were non-competitive. They just couldn't. Is that when they traded Herschel? Yeah. yeah. Right. It was about the fourth game. They traded Herschel, and then hey, they, they just couldn't. At least. Play. Yeah. I was just grateful because at least next year when you're sitting there talking about, remember last year in the playoffs, you're not going to say that this year. But the best thing yeah. ever, though, Richard and Skip, I don't know we're getting ready to move on, yeah. is being able to watch the game with Michael in disbelief. That, that, that just, no, it's, a, it's, like, it's like hot chocolate all over me. It's so good. You know, it's just it crazy. <laughs> I mean, Michael even... When we saw him on Monday, he was in serious shock. The man changed his clothes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw him have jeans on. He had to go change his clothes. Hey, Michael, Michael would have fought every single man in that locker room had you let him in Dallas' locker I agree. room that day. He, he would have fought every single Absolutely. one of them. Absolutely. You got it. Well, you saw Jimmy's speech at halftime that he, I wish he could have given. He, he did it on Fox. I wish he could have done it to the team. Unfortunately, he's no longer the coach. All right, back to business. These back players to, don't got that kind of passion yeah. for Dallas. No, that's a fact. Back to Jim Harbaugh. He now has interviewed with a second NFL team, Falcons, on top of the Chargers. Yet it, it also has been reported that he continues to negotiate with Michigan. That's according to Dan Wetzel of Yahoo. Harbaugh wants, and I quote, language that would grant him immunity from termination from the finding or sanction that could arise from multiple current NCAA investigations, unquote. In other words, Michigan would commit to not firing him in the event the NCAA drops the big hammer so hard that firing him would be the only real option. So, Keyshawn, you said that you believe Harbaugh still wants to take an NFL job so he can chase that Super Bowl he narrowly lost to his older brother, John. Does this report at all change your mind? No, it's just security, Skip. Right? right? It doesn't change my mind at all. Well, he should protect himself and his family and their finances and everything. Absolutely, 100%. If I have the leverage and I can get a clause in my contract that says that you can't uh, fire me without pay and all the other things, I'm going to put it in. Absolutely, especially but if he, I... he is still dickering with Michigan, right? But, so, but okay. especially, though, Skip, yeah, yeah. if I can't, Get a head coaching okay. job. This is where 
things always get kind of murky. We assume that these owners want to hire him as a head coach, but he has interviewed in the past on multiple occasions yes. and walked yep. away yep. without an offer. Yep. So this could still be the same thing. Think about it. Eric Bieniemy interviewed on all 32 teams by now. He still yep. can't get a job. No. Nope. So just because we hold Jim Harbaugh in such high regard mm -hmm. as an NFL coach doesn't mean these owners do. He interviewed with Atlanta yesterday, I guess it was. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, he interviewed with the Chargers. Okay. If he and now I'm not keen on all the rules just yet, but I believe they can't start hiring to after the divisional round, which means they can't start interviewing people in person. So they got to go through the minority process, all this sort of stuff that has to take place. But you would think if the Chargers have him on their radar and that's their guy, he wouldn't go to Atlanta. He'd just say, I'm going to go. I like this quarterback. I like Justin Herbert. This is going to work for me. I, let me see what Michigan is talking about. Let me kind of just hold both at bay instead of going around, taking all these trips, eating all these people's food, and then going back to Michigan yep. to coach the team. You would think that. So I'm not 100% sure that people want to hire him the way that we're reporting it. Just because when you get in an interview, maybe they don't like your cologne. They don't like the way you walk down the hallway. Or you know? maybe you don't like them. Or, or really? I was going to say that. Okay. Or maybe you don't like the facilities. Yep. The facilities aren't good. Yep. So you just never really know. But I'm glad that he is trying to protect himself because clearly it seems like the NC2A is circling around Michigan in that program. Yeah. Well, I, 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 it, it's perplexing. It's perplexing. I, I think it's a 70% chance he stays at Michigan because he's negotiating and he could be the face of college football going forward, especially now that Saban is left. Uh, the Big Ten is going to be, well, you know, with SC and Washington, you know, it's going to be even more competitive. Jim, and, and the NCAA coming down, you know, I guess that's hovering over him, but the NCAA is kind of a shell of itself. You know, people don't respect the NCAA like they used to, especially now that kids get paid. I mean, what power does the NCAA have? You know, usually once a, a team or an organization or a university kind of drops their punishment on a coach, they kind of go with that. But who knows what's going to happen? I, I'm sure if he feels like he's going to get suspended for a season or something, he's going to go to the National Football League. But I also believe, <clears throat> Keith, we're giving, the, we're giving these owners too much credit. Some of them are absolute idiots. <laughs> and, and and they're not great at, at hiring go, coaches. They're but, absolute idiots. I mean, no, Matt that's Patricia, true, though, Sean. You're giving them too much question. No, I'm I, not. I, I, Matt Patricia got a head coaching job. Joe Judge got a head coaching job. Like, let, let's like, let's be what? let's be really serious here. Yeah. Like, no, but, these but, guys got head coaching jobs over the likes of the enemies of the world, true. over the likes yeah. of, of very true. established. Caldwell doesn't have a job, true. and Matt Patricia has gotten a job. No. So this is you Brandon know we, we can talk about these owners and their process. Yeah. And, and, I mean, Brandon Staley got a job. Hey, look, there's been Richard, a number of it, guys. Their process is not the best. That's why I say, who's to say that they, even though they, like you say, I'm not going to necessarily go to the lint that you did by calling them idiots because I don't think they're idiots. I, I, just I think call them idiots not, today. Fast. I just don't think at times they're very smart and they listen to <laughs> okay. other people that don't know anything about football. <laughs> That's a nice way to say it. Well, I don't That's want, a you nice know, way to say it. Yeah, I don't want to do them like that. But you are correct to say that they become delusional at times and don't understand. That's why I say Who's to say that they like Harbaugh, right? They look at him and go, 
Yeah. Because he didn't fit what they thought in their interview process, mm -hmm. which then becomes a mistake, yep. which brings up what you just said about some of the hires that you look at, Matt Patricia, Mr. Pencil, as, as Skip likes to call Coach him, Pencil, Pencil, yeah. Coach Pencil, <laughs> or you look at Joe Judge. Like, you and I, we would look at them and go, nah, that ain't what we're looking for. <laughs> them, on the other hand, they look at that and go, we just hired the best guy available. Belichick's guy. You know, right. or Belichick's guy yeah. or something like that. So you, and, and, you are right. I just, you know. Uh, soft a little bit. Soft I mean, this is going to lead me on a tangent about, it's going to lead me on a tangent on a little bit uh, about how black head coaches got to do so much. I mean, Brandon Staley was the D coordinator for one season he and got a head coaching job somehow, some way, and that was crazy. But Great the black point. coaches, I mean, Eric B. Enemy, we talk about how he interviews, and now this, I can't imagine Joe Judge and Matt Patricia interviewed out of this world. I think Joe Judge was a special teams coach and he went was. from head to head coach. All right, what are we talking about? They moved, and we, we they moved the goalposts. They moved the goalposts. Remember, you had to be a coordinator, offense, defense coordinator. Then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, well, he is a coordinator. He's a special teams coordinator. Mm. So hire him. Mm. Okay. Dan Campbell has done a fantastic job. He was a tight ends coach. But I don't think, I, I don't think Michigan, I, I think Jim's best bet is to stay at Michigan, Skip. I think that's the best thing he could do. Uh, I don't I don't even understand why he interviewed with Atlanta. That's one of those ones where I think it would have made more sense for him and made him seem even more exclusive if he said, Atlanta, I appreciate that. No, thanks. Okay. I won't coach this thing. Keyshawn, I agree with Richard on all the above. I, I'll, I'll go up to 80 percent that I think Jim stays at Michigan. I hark back to that speech he gave national championship night after they won in which I I won't give it chapter and verse, but he basically said when he dies, he, he just wants one thing on his gravestone. Here lies a Michigan man because it's just in his heart and his soul and played there, obviously grew up in Ann Arbor for the most part. And he has a chance to create a dynasty. He's got it going in the right direction. I was a little surprised that J.J. McCarthy said I'm going into the draft because he had a year of eligibility left. And I thought maybe he and Jim would try to run it back and go back to back. But did he sign with an agent? Yeah, I, I don't know If he yet. didn't sign with an agent, it's he possible. could always go, it's, it's highly always possible. go back. Okay, all right. The point is that Jim still has, it's stuck in his craw that Michigan once upon a time, what was it, five years ago, made him take a pay cut because he had a couple of off years. One really through the pandemic, they had a, a tough year. But the point was, he, he's still getting even with them because this would be the third straight offseason that he's interviewed with multiple NFL teams. And I think he's tweaking them. He's trying to kind of stick it back to them. And he's negotiating a big new deal, which could be sort of that, quote, unquote, lifetime contract at Michigan. So all that works in his favor because he's a hot, hot candidate. But to, to me, I'm with Richard because I'm, I'm not sure there's an NFL job that he would trust enough to say, there, I could go win maybe multiple Super Bowls, but it, it, at Michigan, he, he could win a couple more national championships because they are loaded. And even in their D line, they got a, so th those kids are all coming back. It, they're going to be a force no, to they, be reckoned they, they, with. They are, but the reason I feel the way I feel, Skip, is I, I say this about many people across many sports and, and industries. The highest level this is, is, is always where you want to be. Yeah. I understand he took. But it's not like he's never been there. He, he was. Yeah, but he didn't win. It's a, there's, yeah. a different, there's a difference when you win it and when you don't win it. 
Okay, and and his brother has one. He does. Whether it was against him or somebody else, he might well, get another one. Well, it was at his expense. And he, he might get another he one. He might. That conversation is different yep. at Thanksgiving when you got one versus not having one. Okay. Because coaches, owners, they thrived in players. They thrived to win that trophy, that championship. It's, it's one thing to hold it up high. But then when you essentially failed, even though we don't look at it as a failure, but it's a failure because you didn't win it. You want that so bad. That's why these coaches, they, they try to get back in it at the highest level. Even the great Nick Saban tried it, and he realized, no, nah, this ain't for me. I got to go back to college. Absolutely. He never got the opportunity to get to a Super Bowl. He failed immediately with the Miami Dolphins. So he said, I'm, I'm going. I'm going back to college. That's what I'm saying. When you when you look at it, that's why they become lifers. That's mm -hmm. why they're still doing it. Yeah. Is to win the ultimate prize. Is the only reason why I feel like, in the end, if the Chargers are to take it, maybe there's multiple Super Bowls there. Mm -hmm. Atlanta's iffy, like Richard said, because there's no. They got good couple good skill position pieces, but there's no quarterback in the lousy yeah. division. Baker Mayfield just showed you just now that they're getting ready to probably make some things happen out of that division. So it's kind of like you, if you can get a quarterback, maybe Atlanta's a good spot for somebody. But the Chargers are the perfect position for a coach that wants to coach in the National Football although League. Although the right ownership now. there has always been a little That's what I'm shaky. saying. So I don't know if the owner's yeah. in them vibe. Yeah. Although he did play for the Chargers. He did at the He has a relationship based on his playing days with the Chargers in San Diego in the end. So I'm sure the Suns that were around and they know him. So there's a relationship there to some degree. Yeah. I just think my, he, he may my, want to go back to the pros. My, my concern is, because I think he's going back to Michigan, is you're leaving the team very vulnerable. And kids these days are not loyal. They're not. It, it's a weird time. And coaches, <clears throat> it's that transfer portal time. Coaches are in these kids' ears at Georgia, at Bama, at all these other schools at Ohio State, saying, man, you see your head coach interviewing for these jobs? You sure he coming back? Yeah. You might want to – our head coach is going to be here. Our head coach is right here. We're going to be competing for a national championship. He's not going anywhere. This head coach is interviewing for jobs every week. So that's the only part where I'm kind of scratching my head that 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 hardball that Jim would, would interview for these jobs is because it's, it's planting the seed of doubt in the kids' heads that are there. Fair point. And so – in the college landscape, and the way it is right now where kids transfer every day, where kids are one and done, they one year and then transfer somewhere else and play for six, seven schools uh, during their careers, do you really want to risk that when you have everything you wanted? You're coming off a national championship. you got a strong team. Do you really want to potentially lose some of your kids because you want to interview for these jobs? Because kids aren't going to sit here and wait around for you to take this job. If they think you're gone, they're gone. But he's been doing that for multiple years. Yeah. I mean, he, if you think about it, he's interviewed for the Broncos, the Minnesota Vikings, the Chicago yeah. Bears. Like, he's, he's done this same dance every offseason for the last several years, and he went on and won a national title, and nobody, that, to my memory, left the team. Yeah. All right, let's get right. back to Richard's right. but point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the NCAA because there are two that I know of open investigations of Michigan football program and Jim Harbaugh. Okay, so in my time, I've been in the middle of that SMU death penalty scandal back in the day. Did and, you pay anybody? No, I didn't. They 
I, I got some bribes myself, but I didn't take them. But the point was, Ron Meyer <laughs> skipped town, so to speak, one step ahead of the NCAA law and took the New England head coaching job. Then you watched what happened with Pete Carroll at USC, which benefited Richard, obviously, in Seattle because it looked like something was coming down. All of a sudden, Pete is over and out of here, right? And, and he's going up to Seattle, back to the NFL to coach the Seahawks. Okay, so now we have another opportunity here where, to Richard's point, it seems like the NCAA has lost some of its juice, you know, whatever it is, they've lost control of their sport because it's the wild, wild west and everybody's in the transfer portal and there's no loyalty and there are no contracts and kids can just come and go. So the point is, I don't know how big a hammer they can drop, but if Jim gets the scent of this, he he gets the the message that they're going to drop a big hammer and next year they can't go to a bowl game, then maybe that would encourage him to take an NFL job. Yeah, one one year of some sanctions and a couple of scholarships and yeah. whatnot in a down year, okay, that's fine. That's why he wants to protect himself. He doesn't want the university, like you said, Skip, several years ago that took money from him. He doesn't want that again. He doesn't want to be faced with, okay, I'm going to stay loyal to y'all, yep. but yet and still y'all coming at me and telling me I'm going to be suspended and you don't want to pay me and my family or you're going to fire me exactly. because the yep. NC2A wants to make an example out of Michigan's football program and me, so they're going to hand the hammer down us to the ump degree, and now yep. y'all take my contract and basically void it out. That's I applaud him mm-hmm. for standing strong and making sure at the end of the day hey, I'm going to flirt with these other NFL teams while y'all get y'all act together if y'all really want to retain me. Okay, so to sum it up. Right, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, so Keyshawn says Chargers, Richard and I say Michigan, right? Yeah, same colors almost. One's light blue, dark blue, blue, gold. Go blue. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. 